0: That's nOom.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning
1: podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up fellow fantasy managers, welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball related from Saturday, July 29th we'll start it off as always with the transactions injuries news and notes from around the league our sole il placement was closing pitcher jordan romano of the blue jays being placed on the 15 day il with lower back inflammation the injury first popped up when he was forced to leave the all-star game and it has bugged him ever since eric swanson Yimi garcia and tim meza will be in play for saves in his absence swanson has the best strikeout stuff garcia has the most experience as a closer and meza has had the most success this year my money's on Swanson, but other outlets prefer Garcia. And for what it's worth, Garcia was lined up for a save yesterday before the offense tacked on two runs while he was warming up. And that's really the only indication we have for now. So it might be worth it to pick him up for a few extra saves during the couple of weeks Romano is recovering. In terms of transactions, we had a huge blockbuster as starting pitcher Max Scherzer of the Mets was traded to the Rangers in exchange for Luis Angel Acuna, a middle infielder. He is the younger brother of Nashville. League MVP frontrunner Ronald Acuna Jr. He's got big speed. Scherzer hasn't really been himself this year, but maybe a change of scenery to a division leader will give him the boost to get back to his Hall of Fame worthy ways. He'll be the new ace of a staff that was sorely lacking one after Jacob deGrom went under the knife. Starting pitcher Mike Clevenger was officially activated from the 15-day IL. He missed a month and a half with right biceps inflammation. Clevenger shut out the Guardians, his former team, for five frames in his return. He induced just eight whiffs with 25% CSW, and is set to have a rematch with the Guardians in his next start. And lastly, we've got some news on starting pitcher Hunter Green of the Reds. He threw a live BP yesterday, and he was sitting in the high 90s and threw all of his pitches. Green is projected to return on August 20th. And before we look at the notable performances from yesterday, we've got a quick word from Underdog Fantasy. Do you want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PitcherList, P-I-T-C-H-E-R-L-I Ist one word all caps and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus catch to start playing with right off the bat again that's underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy in the app store sign up with the promo code PitcherList and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 you must be 18 years or older 19 years or older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concern with your play call 1-800 gambler or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800 Next step in New York, call 18778, Hope NY. And in Tennessee, call 800 889 9789 Now we can look at the notable performances from Saturday, a day in which we had a full slate of 15 games. We'll start it off with our hitters, leading off with Alejandro Kirk as he helped the Blue Jays to a win versus the Angels. He went three for four, scoring three times with a pair of long balls and three RBI. He's up to six home runs on the year now. Both of his home runs had an exit velocity of at least 104 miles per hour. And after an enticing 2022, in which Kirk posted a 129 WRC plus. And 3.8 F war 2023 has not been as kind to him his power has dissipated and thus his overall offensive prowess with it his WRC plus is at 89 which is 30 points lower than it was last year and that has forced him into a backup role seating the majority of playing time at catcher to Danny Jansen Kirk showed a glimpse of his offensive capabilities on Saturday with his pair of long balls but it may be too little too late at this point for him to secure a larger share of playing time and that's made his fantasy value nearly obsolete meanwhile Jansen homered at each each of the two days entering this weekend so his job isn't in any kind of jeopardy kirk may only be viable in 15 team two catcher leagues and even in leagues that deep his lack of plate appearances makes him a liability zach geloff had a big game in colorado as he helped the A's to a win going two for six he scored three times he had a home run knocked in a run and stole two bases his home run traveled 406 feet and geloff has gotten off to a great start to his major league career he's now up to a trio of home runs and five steals in just 13 games he's batting and playing Playing second every day, and Geloff showed off his complete bag of tools on Saturday, and it should really intrigue fantasy managers, especially in deeper leagues. He likely won't be a plus in the average department due to a 30% strikeout rate. He's currently batting 235, but he's a barrel machine and has shown the willingness and capability to swipe bags. Geloff's job isn't in jeopardy, and despite the state of the A's lineup, anyone batting second is bound to be a producer in the runs category. I think Geloff should be rostered in most 15 team leagues at this point, and at the very least, he should be on your watch. And lastly, we've got Mark Vientos versus the Nationals, as he did all he could, but the Mets took the loss. He went two for four with a run, a home run, a double, and two RBI. It was his second home run of the year, and Vientos has had some hype surrounding him over the past two years because of his performance in the upper levels of the minors. In 2022, he blasted 24 bombs and posted a 129 WRC Plus at AAA, and in just 60 games at AAA this year, he crushed 16 more homers, posted a 140 WRC Plus, and slashed his strikeout rate by 7%, which is huge because he was struggling with those last year. Unfortunately, he's blocked at the infield corners by Brett Beatty and Pete Alonso. Vientos has been forced into a short side of a platoon role at both designated hitter and the hot corner, and that makes him someone that can't really be rostered in most leagues, especially because he's yet to prove himself at the big league level. If the Mets continue to sell at the deadline, some more playing time may open up for him, so keep Vientos on your mind when the DH role opens up after a few more trades. But if you'd like a breakdown of the other notable hitting performances on Saturday, check out the Daily batters box article over on pitcherlist.com. Now we'll head to the rotation and look at the notable starting pitching performances, starting off with Emmett Sheehan versus the Reds. As he took a no decision despite tossing five scoreless innings, he allowed just two hits and a walk while striking out five. He induced eight whiffs with a 21% CSW across 82 pitches. Sheehan went fastball centric in this one, relying on the pitch 72% of the time despite it earning just five whiffs and 20% CSW. That is indicative of the luck he got on balls in play and how he likely should have been hit a little harder in this one. Sheehan got the call earlier this year because he was absolutely tearing up AA. The 23-year-old pitched to a 1.86 ERA across 53 and a third innings while striking out more than 41% of the batters he faced. Unfortunately for him and the Dodgers, those numbers haven't translated to the majors as he sits with an ERA close to six and a strikeout rate south of 20%. Sheehan seems to find his success because of deception akin to Joe Ryan and that his fastball is difficult to pick up and his secondaries are helped by that. He doesn't stand out in any particular category with his best skills being his fastball velo which sits in the mid-90s and his change-ups ability to steal called strikes. Sheehan will have to do more to get me interested in his next start in San Diego. On the other side, Luke Weaver took the loss in LA. He tossed six innings allowing just two hits and one on run while walking four with four strikeouts. He had nine whiffs and a 23% CSW across 87 pitches. Weaver's fastball also struggled but a harder new look cutter and other effective secondaries helped him survive in Hollywood. This 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 start is very ironic. In Weaver's prior 10 starts, the Reds went 9-1 despite his 8.79 ERA during that time. It actually set a record for the highest ERA by a pitcher in a 10 start span for a team that won at least 9 games during that time. Now he comes out and has his best start since May and his team loses. Well, that's baseball for you. Weaver can have his moments when both his changeup and cutter are working and he's able to spot his heater in the zone. However, those occurrences are pretty rare. This start doesn't do anything to change my mind about avoiding Weaver in his next start on the north side of Chicago. And lastly, we've got Paul Blackburn in Colorado as he earned the win, tossing six innings, allowing nine hits and two run runs while walking nobody and striking out seven. He induced 15 whiffs with a 25% CSW across 106 pitches, and those 15 whiffs earned him the gallows pull as he induced the most swing and misses on the day. Blackburn survived Coors by executing his slider and sinker effectively. The slider earned 10 whiffs while the sinker went for 39% CSW. The former All-Star missed the first couple of months of the season with a fingernail avulsion and has been unable to recover his form things may be starting to turn a corner because before excelling in cores, he beat the Astros by allowing just one run across five and a third innings and I was actually at that game and he looked pretty solid Blackburn finds his success by inducing weak contact better than 95 percent of the league so he's really good at avoiding hard contact however his lack of strikeouts and run support make him a low end Toby we've seen him display extended periods of dominance and this may be the start but I'm still tentative about starting Blackburn Burn versus the Giants in his next outing. But if you'd like a breakdown of every single start from Saturday, give the Plus Pitch podcast a listen and check out Nick's Daily Starting Pitcher Roundup over on pitcherlist.com. And now we'll head to the bullpen and look at the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. Starting with the saves guys, Scott Barlow got number 13 as he bounced back from a blown save, David Bednar saved his 21st game as he got the final 5 outs of the ball game. Scott McGuff got save number 8 as he got the final out after Andrew Chafin put two men on and it's clearly a committee in Arizona for the time being. And lastly, Evan Phillips got save number 13 as he got a four out save. In terms of closers to pitch outside of save situations or blow their saves, Kenley Jansen pitched the ninth in a tie game and through just one pitch. That pitch was bounced off the foul pole by JD Davis for a walk off home run. Yimi Garcia, mentioned earlier, pitched the ninth up by four after his offense tacked on two runs in the bottom of the eighth. Alex Lang got a maintenance day pitching the ninth up by five. Kyle Finnegan curiously pitched the eighth up by four. Josh Hader pitched the ninth up by four. In in a maintenance outing and Camilo Duvall blew the save but was bailed out by his offense and earned his third win. But if you'd like a breakdown of the notable relief pitching performances from Saturday, check out the Daily Reliever Ranks article. Sunday's edition was written by yours truly. And before we look forward to today's games, we're gonna take a quick break.
0: Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: Now we'll look forward to Sunday, July 30th, a day in which we'll have another full slate of 15 games. My matchup of the day is Jesus Luzardo versus Tarek Scooble, a couple of young lefties that can really pitch the baseball. In terms of probable starters, we've got eight guys in the auto start tier, including both Luzardo and Scooble. We've also got Luis Castillo in Arizona, Tyler Glasnow in Houston, and Justin Verlander versus the Nationals. Our probably starts tier has eight guys, and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day and Christopher Sanchez in Pittsburgh. He's got a devastating changeup, and he's been getting Outs with his sinker. I'd also keep an eye out for Nick Pavetta in San Francisco. He was used as a traditional relief pitcher in his last outing, but prior to that, he had one of the best relief pitching performances of the year, and he's been exceptional with the opener. And I'd also keep an eye out for Aaron Savali in Chicago. He was great in his last start. The White Sox aren't a terribly scary offense, and he's been actually pretty, pretty solid this year. In terms of hitter suggestions, I gotta go with the A's and Rockies hitters and cores again. It is the best place for batters. The A's are turning to right-hander Luis Medina, so focus on left hander hitting rockies and the rockies are going with a bullpen game starting with southpaw tie block so i'd really go with any ace hitter especially the previously mentioned zach geloff i also like reds and dodgers hitters as both of these starters going out aren't great the reds are starting graham ashcraft in his 5.64 era while the dodgers are starting michael grove in his 6.19 era it could really be a slugfest in hollywood and now we'll close things out with our relievers to watch kenley jansen has pitched on back-to-back days and in three of the last four so chris martin may be called. pond in the ninth and if Yimi Garcia is in fact the closer for the Blue Jays he's pitched on back to back days so keep that in mind if Eric Swanson or Tim Mayza get a save opportunity today but that'll do it for today's episode of the first pitch podcast make sure to head on over to pitcherless.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions join PL Pro to gain access to the discord to interact with pitcherless staff and members of the community as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues that'll wrap up this edition of the podcast Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast. Bubba will be back with you on Monday and throughout the week. And make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball.
0: This has been the first pitch podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at PitcherList and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.